Hello, everyone. Welcome to Behind Massive Screens, a game development podcast here from Massive Entertainment. Uh, I'm here with Rasmus, but before I introduce him properly, I'm just going to do this uh, podcast stuff. If you're listening on like Apple Podcasts or even Spotify these days, and you like what we do, please rate and review us. It's a podcast version of smash that like button. Please. It really helps to spread the word. So thank you very much. Uh, with that out of the way, hi, Rasmus. Hello. So Rasmus Björk, uh, technical animator here at Massive Entertainment. And I'm I'm glad to find out more about a subject that I don't know very much about. Well, I don't think a lot of people do, to be honest. So let's, I, maybe we should start there then. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so, so I'm a technical animator and... Um, I'm basically in charge of making sure that characters, uh, creatures, objects, vehicles, weapons move the way that they're supposed to do in video games. And here at Massive, that's what I do. Yeah, that, that's why, like, you know what an animator does, basically. But it's just, the, 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 the thing that tripped me up is the tech part. Mm -hmm. So yeah. why would you say it's called tech animation? Well, because we're basically in charge of making sure that the technical parts of the animation work. Um, so what I do is um, I, I make sure that a character has a skeleton, pretty much. Right. That the animators can then manipulate to make it move the way they want it to move and the way it's supposed to move. Right. And uh, that's where the technical part comes in because um, as... Most people would know uh, uh, a human is is very complex. There's a lot of moving parts. Like there's there's skeleton. There's there's muscles. There's tendons. Think about to make a, a a character or a human or a creature move in a realistic fashion. Right. Um, and that's where we come in. Like we make sure to 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 make that happen for for, for everything that. Most, most of everything that needs to have movement. Organic uh, things in particular, but also some mechanical stuff. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's... That's a good explanation. Yeah, I think I, I think understand so. a little bit more yeah. now. So, but how... Uh, the first question... That's the first question I was asked. But the mm -hmm. second question is, how did you end up at Massive Entertainment? How did you go to become a technical animator? Um, well, so um, I started my journey... A long time ago, um, I decided that, that I wanted to be a game developer like when I was, I think, 17 or 18, something like that. Um, but it's hard to become a game developer because there's a very high skill ceiling right. uh, to get into a company. Um, what was it? But, but just uh, sorry, jumping in, what was it that made you decide? Was there any moment you're like playing a game and I, I want to do this? Or was it just a general thing? Just curious. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't really know what kind of sparked it. I think um, I've always been very creative um, and and I like I like thinking about things right. <laughs> <laughs> like fantasizing about things. Yeah, uh, like uh, and, and video games has always been and I think it is for most people like an escape from from not necessarily reality, but it's 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 a it's a form of entertainment that is like on a whole different level than other entertainments uh and that always kind of drew me in um and i think 
I, I don't really know what, what it was that sparked it really, but um, it was either going to game development or going into medicine. <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite the difference. Yeah, I know. And because, uh, um, I don't know, uh, it was just one of those spur, uh, spur the moment things, I think. Uh, I was probably playing, I don't know, maybe The Elder Scrolls Oblivion or something like that. Cause right. I remember doing that a lot when I was younger. Um, and uh, I think it was just like, maybe I should just apply to one of these, see if there are any video game educations like in here in Sweden. Uh, and I found one. Uh, I found mm. two, actually. Which uh, ones? There was, um, there was a civil engineering uh, program that started in, in Karlskrona, uh, like right about the time when I was started thinking about applying to, to, to universities and, 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 uh, and such. Um, and uh, that's kind of the route I went. Like, so I applied, uh, I got in, uh, and then I realized there is a lot of programming <laughs> in civil engineering. <laughs> uh which didn't really fit me uh so uh, i dropped out after a year uh and i found uh another uh, education which was in the same school so the, the school is called uh blekinge institute of technology blekinge technical high school for for those of us in sweden um and they had like they, they had three different locations so Karlskrona, Ronneby, and and Karlsham. Uh, quick aside, Ronneby is actually the place where Massive Entertainment was founded. Exactly. Back yeah, in yeah. 97. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. But so apparently that location closed down because there was a school there called School of Future uh, School of Future Entertainment, I think it was. Oh, I remember that school. It was super hip. Yeah, it was. It was. It was the coolest uh, school in Sweden at the time. Yeah. Um, but they closed down. So that's sad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually didn't know. I hadn't thought about them in years. Like, wait, I remember that name. Yeah, they had like their campus was an old prison or something, right? I don't actually know because I, I never went there because okay, they closed fair down. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. I'm dating myself here now. Um, but yeah, so so I started. Uh, um, I started an education in in uh, in Kalsam, um, and I have a bachelor of science degree from there. Um, I don't really remember, like, I think it's like Bachelor of Science in Media Technology or something like that, uh, which it looks really, really good on paper, but it's mm -hmm. kind of useless. <laughs> um, stay in school. Yeah. Stay in school, kid. <laughs> don't, don't, yeah. don't listen to us. Stay in school. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's useless in the sense that it did, didn't get me a job. Right. Um, at least not in video games. Uh, so from there, uh, I kind of went abroad for a while. Uh, I was a video game tester in Canada for like two years. I moved like across the world to New Zealand for a while. And then when I came back, I applied here to a school in Malmö called uh, the Game Assembly. Yep. Which I think you've talked about before. Oh, yeah, they, uh, Game Assembly tends to pop up from time yeah. to time. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people here from Ad Massive from Game Assembly. <laughs> yep. um, and that's kind of the route I went. Uh, so I first started there because they have a few different uh, programs. So uh, the one that I started out doing was uh, uh, Game Art, I think it's called. Um, and uh, I did that for a year and then they opened another one, uh, which is Technical Art. or It's still there. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and I did that for a year uh, and then I applied for an internship here at Massive. I got it and now I'm here. Here we go. <laughs> How long have you been here? 
Uh, let's see. I think I think I started my internship uh, September 2018, and I got hired in end of January 2019. Oh, there we go. So I've been here a while. Yep. Um, so let's jump straight into the actual tech animation part. I think we should start at the the beginning. So where does this start? Where does the job on a say a character start? Mm-hmm. Well, it starts with the character art. Right. Um, and once they're done with uh, a character, they send it to us. And we create a skeleton for that character. So let's say you get you get a human. Um, and then you need to make sure that you create a skeleton, which is comprised of joints. Uh, and each of these joints is like a point in space, in 3D space. Um, and you usually start out with like the the basic stuff so like you want a shoulder joint you want a hip joint um an elbow joint etc so like you get all the major major parts done um and once you're done with that you bind that skeleton to the character mesh the mesh is like that's the, the the part that makes up the character um it's basically just a shell um of of planes pretty much uh and the plane is just like it's a surface it's it's a it's a it's a surface with no thickness it's just a plane like there's nothing yeah uh and um once you bind that you need to do skinning and And skinning is and the skinning part is where you apply you apply weights from these different joints to paint, uh, you paint the mesh, you paint a surface to make sure that it moves and behaves the way that you want it to behave. So like in, in terms of, of a human, you want when the shoulder joint moves and rotates and bends, um, the shoulder and upper arm follows. Uh, same thing for the elbow joint, you want the forearm to follow, and for the hand joint, etc. And that's what skinning is like. You make it, you make it look and behave the same way that a human would do. In right. the case of a human character, of course. Right. When you you mentioned weight, you add weight mm-hmm. to to that plane. Exactly. So, or for for weighting, it's it's um, and this is skin weighting. Um, every Every point on the surface of a character mesh um, needs to to get information from the skeleton to 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 understand what am I supposed to do in relation to to the skeleton? Right. What is my job when the elbow rotates? What is my job when the spine rotates or moves or whatever? Um, and the the waiting part is then just like you basically paint uh, a value on the mesh saying if, for example, like the elbow joint moves, um, you want the part of the mesh that is on the elbow to move with it Mm -hmm. to a value of, let's say, 50%. And then the other part will move 50% relative to the shoulder joint, for example. It's kind of hard to 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 put in words because it's kind of like a very visual thing yeah sure yeah yeah i get that I, I, and this is just for 
human basically now what you've gone through mm-hmm. with all of that is the movement of an arm and that yeah. sounds complicated enough and then you get like how do you make sure that like upper uh, the upper body and the lower body moves in relationship to anything else like does this this waiting just keep going all the way until yeah. you have the entire character yeah exactly yeah so uh, it's a process, and basically, what we what we usually do is we start out with a, a, a base mesh, which is like a it's the basic shape and form of, of what the character proportions are, and that's where you build like the the you you can build the detail into it from the start, um, and then you can copy that over to different uh, different uh, characters. To make sure that they all move and behave correctly because if you need to do it from the from the ground up for every single character it's a humongous amount of work yeah sure um so you really need to to make sure that uh you have a good baseline before you start like creating more characters yeah um because otherwise you're just gonna get swamped and swamped and you're never gonna <laughs> give you're never gonna be done with the work sure um, so those are humans, and still, this is a, a, obviously a very deep and complex topic in itself. And as you said in the early on in the beginning, that skeletons and and human movement is very complicated in itself. I think it's interesting you were going to medicine, and now you're working on skeletons. It's kind of funny. Is <laughs> yeah, that just in my head? That's funny. Uh, no, I mean, no, not really. I think uh, um, no. I mean. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to go into medicine was because I am interested in biology and anatomy as well. So yeah. I think it's it kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah, now that I think about it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. So okay, humans, insanely complicated just to get them to because uncanny valley, right? You mm-hmm. you see something and something's off, and you directly like mm, people don't move it like that, even though it might be in video games like exaggerated, or whatever. It's still you you notice. Mm. But then applying this to something that's not human, like yeah. a, a fantasy creature or whatever, how do you, how do you approach that? Like you, you get the character arts uh, creature, say. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you how do you work on that? Because that doesn't actually exist. Yeah, um, you use a lot of references. Right. Um, so, I mean, let's say you get a lizard creature or something, or maybe uh, a bird creature, whatever it may be. Um, it might not be a bird necessarily. It might not be a lizard necessarily. Um, but your reference for it would be something in the real world, which could be a lizard. So yeah. you look at geckos, you look at Komodo dragons, you look at whatever creature you can find that is kind of similar Yep. And you use that as your baseline for what the joint placement would be. Right. Because it would be different for for a, a bird compared to a lizard. Uh, even though I guess they're kind of the same, <laughs> same ancestry, Technically, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, so so that, that's where you go first. And then it's, it's, a, it's a process of... of of creating something and then iterating on it, uh, getting feedback from character art, from animation, from directors, from you know, art directors, from animation directors, uh, from creative directors, and then you return to it, do it all over again until you hit that sweet <laughs> spot, send it back, and then once it's gone back and forth, 
depending on how good you are at your job, um, it could be one or two times, or it might be 10 times, right? right? Um, and like the, the object and the, the idea of what the creature is supposed to be could change as well during that process. So you have to always be able, you have to always be able to go back and iterate on it yeah. to hit that sweet spot that, uh, everybody might not like but they might just not disagree on it right <laughs> i think because just looking at video games in general and looking back like animals in themselves seem really complicated to get right there's mm -hmm. so many times you, you've seen like horses seem to be one of those things since they pop up in a lot of video games like if something's off the I had a friend who um, was really into to horseback riding. Uh, she owns like three horses. I, I don't understand how it works, but <laughs> she does. And I remember playing video games with her and just getting like criticism against the horses. I remember <laughs> texting her like, this video game is really good and getting back like, but the horses don't move. She was counting like, oh yeah, the legs are not moving as they should. Yeah. And then you're looking at cats and dogs and stuff in games as well. Like if anything is just slightly off, then then you notice right away even though you're not actually a horse yeah and um, that's that's where the the hard part of of our job is i think in general like just for character art for for animation and for for us in technical animation and also to some extent uh technical art um because that's that's kind of the difference between video games and movies because in movies you just need that one perfect shot right yeah um, so you can focus on getting everything to look really, really good for that one specific shot. But in video games, everything is in motion all the time. Yeah. And for us who are like for, let's take division as an example, it's a third person game and, um, you can rotate the camera around yeah. and see every single part of the character. So it's really important to strike a balance between what's going to work, um, for the f for the whole character and just not focus on that one specific thing uh like taking a holistic view to to the the, the whole character um and also keeping in mind the technical limitations of the engine uh to make sure that we can throw in i don't know 20 characters on screen at the same time with the same amount of joints and skin weighting uh and make sure that that works um but on the topic of, of, of creatures and horses in particular, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 has really, really great uh, horse deformation. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering the time they, they spent on making that game, you yeah. better hope so. Yeah. I got to text her after this and ask. She's played it. Um, you know, uh, one thing that just popped into my mind as well when it comes to fantasy and because you, you talked about Oblivion before, mm -hmm. um, do, what do you think is would be the easiest like when when rigging a character like that um or creating the skeleton like a fantasy say a fantasy if you can play an orc like nobody knows in real life what an orc looks like mm. but do you think it would be easier to create a skeleton based on that than a human is it easier or is it more complicated since you don't have an actual reference about say what an orc moves like it would depend on the art style i think yeah. that's the biggest thing um because for us we're um we're i mean i think ubisoft in general is creating kind of realistic looking games mm -hmm. um with a few exceptions of course sure. but but generally realistic looking games realistic rabbits 
Yeah, <laughs> that would be something to see. Uh, I, oh, that oh, would no, be that's that, that was Yeah. Anyway, um, but I think uh, creating realistic-looking characters is is harder uh, than creating uh, creatures that aren't or or characters that aren't uh, supposed to be realistic-looking, just because of the human eye. But like right. you can spot. Uh, that something isn't right with one of these, I don't know, Japanese uh, robot-looking things from a mile away, yeah. right? Just because it doesn't have the same, it doesn't have, it doesn't just doesn't look right, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing in video games. Like, you can spot immediately if it's a video game or generally uh, if it's a CGI, uh, like, movie or, or cutscene or whatever. I think the, the one exception, I think, to this would be uh, the technology that they're using for the for, for Disney, like the Disney Plus shows, like uh, Book of Boba Fett and uh, The Mandalorian. They're using some really really good uh, software to 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 create like realistic looking faces. Yeah. Um, now the, the the term slipped my mind, but uh, uh, like they did for and spoiler alert here if anyone hasn't seen The Mandalorian. Uh, pause now. Jump forward thirty seconds. Yeah, if you don't want that spoiler. Luke Skywalker. Right. Yeah. Um, and in that, in in the Mandalorian, it was, you could tell that it wasn't him, just because of of the way that they used the technology. Sure. Um, but also because we all know that uh, that actor is not that age anymore right <laughs> so you know immediately that something so something's off just based off of that but uh in in book of boba that character is also in there um and um it looks insanely good yep agreed um and uh i think for live action it's a lot easier to to, to get to that level of fidelity mm -hmm. and not have that uncanny valley look anymore right and i think they they kind of they kind of showed it also with uh some of the marvel movies uh, i think there's a scene in captain america civil war where uh they de-age uh robert downey jr yeah uh in one of the scenes in the beginning and that also looks really really good mm. um but those are big budget movie productions um that have specific studios dedicated only to making that one perfect thing <laughs> while we have uh, like maybe 200 uh, employees working on a on a video game uh, yeah. at times and uh, out of those 200 there might be five dedicated to all of the characters making them look and act realistically yeah and within the limitations of a game exactly well. yeah um I accidentally said the word rigging, and that, that's on our, our list of topics as well. Yeah. If we should go in a little bit of, of what that is, because it's, again, it's one of those terms you hear so much, mm -hmm. uh, rigging a character. So what, what, what does that mean? So rigging is, uh, depending on who you talk to, because like uh, I use them interchangeably, uh, the terms rigging and skinning and setting up a skeleton. Right. Um, usually I, I say rigging for, for the whole the whole process, but rigging... So is a catch-all phrase for... Exactly, yeah. For, 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 for my job, pretty much. Um, but so rigging 
if you go into the specifics of what rigging actually is, is to create the controls uh, for the animators to, to, to use so that they can move the, uh, the, the character uh, the way that it's supposed to be moved. Right. And this depends uh, on partly if you're going for a realistic kind of character look or if you're going for uh, a more cartoony, uh, yeah. less realistic look. Right. Um, because there's a lot of different tools that we can use to, well, well that we can uh, give to the animators to make sure that they get the most out of the the rig, mm -hmm. which is what they're using, um, and uh, and put limitations on what they can do as well. Yeah. Um, I really like when, before we started recording. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have to bring this up because I really like the analogy. When it comes to the relationship between character art and the, because we talked about the animators sure. now, uh, the relationship between character art. Mm. Uh, first of all, if you are interested in character art, then go to the, what was called at the time, the Fika Sessions podcast, which is just, just scroll down the feed and listen to episode four with Ocean Nestrom about character art, because it's really interesting. But you have character art and then you have the animators and in between. Like that analogy you you gave me, I I love that when it comes to creating <laughs> yeah. a character. Yeah. So so the analogy that I used was, uh, and this is the the one that I used when I talk to to like my mom's friends or or older people <laughs> who don't really know what uh, what I do, and I want to explain it. Sorry. Or me. Or or you. Yeah. Uh, or like if I just want to explain it to someone who has no idea what. Uh, what I do, but in simple terms, and it's I'm, I'm using Pinocchio, right? Because Pinocchio is a string puppet, um, and uh, the way that it works is that the char character art team creates the puppet. They create the legs, they create the the little hat, the little nose, uh, all of that, um, and the animators are the ones that are using those. Um, like they're manipulating the strings, right? Yep. With those wooden crosses or whatever. And uh, tech animation, we're the guys who make the strings. Right. That's that's my job. And yep. I make sure that the strings are attached to the, the, the wooden crosses and uh, the different leg parts or, or the joints that are supposed to move. That's so that's, that's rigging, essentially. Yeah, I'm the string guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good... But how does this fit into... Um uh the entire creation of the, the like the pipeline of, of creating the game where do you guys fit in and how do you how do you work with other teams how does everything come together because sure we can create these characters mm. um but they're still in a video game so like how at the end there's a product like mm. how does the pipeline look how does the road towards launch so to speak look yeah okay so um if we're we're still talking about characters, so or I'll use that as an example. So it would first be concept art, right? They're they're going to be making a, a character concept, uh, which they're going to send to to character art once it's approved, and uh, character art they're going to create the actual character with the meshes, and th this could be different depending on what kind of character it is. So if it's a if it's a hero character, it's going to be very specific, and it's going to be a lot more detailed than than a lower tier character so like an npc you just see out in the world um and then once that's approved uh what they're doing they're gonna send it to us 
to set up the skeleton and uh, do all the rigging and all the skinning. Uh, and once that's done, uh, we're going to send it off to the animators. And this is kind of where the, uh, the iterative process kind of starts. Like it starts a little bit earlier. Um, but for the most part, this is where it happens because our character our team is pretty good. Uh, so we really, we usually don't have to do a lot of back and forth, right. uh, but sometimes we do. Um, and then once the animators get a hold of it, they're going to start doing their animations, applying them, and uh, they're going to figure out where all the issues are. Like, we can't move this. We need to move this. Um, and then they'll send it back to us and we'll fix the stuff that they want fixed. And they'll send it back. And and that's that's kind of how it goes generally. Um some sometimes like i said we have to send it back to character art when they've done stuff that we're like oh this this doesn't look good this isn't going to work for our purposes right. um and we can see that usually pretty pretty early on and uh, they'll have to redo it and then send it back to us and then we'll go okay this is this is fine hopefully after the first try <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you mentioned before there's a lot of stakeholders involved in and all steps like yeah 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 exactly so so there's at least three uh different departments uh involved uh or that i'm usually involved with um so 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 for me it would be my own department technical animation and then when it would be character art uh which is like sometimes they can do more things than just character arts like uh they can create weapons and and different props and stuff like that as well uh and then the animation team and occasionally the the tech art team as well um because when we're working with with more detailed stuff like faces and facial animation they need a lot more uh fidelity uh because right now our tech is at a point where we can do things like wrinkle maps and we can do things like blood flow maps and we've been able to do those for for a while but now it's really important to push the envelope mm -hmm. um and since we're working with Snowdrop, which has a lot of support for, for these specific things, and we're continually working on improving them, um, we talk a lot with character art as well, or uh, sorry, tech art as well, to, to make sure that we have all that tooling that we need and that they can create the shaders and all that stuff, and we can apply it to, to the characters so yeah. that it all looks amazing. You you actually we we have a little list here of stuff. Uh, you did have like you, you mentioned props there real quick, like set pieces and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You're involved with that as well. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, so I I've worked on some on some set pieces um, on Division Two, um, and uh, yeah, like I, some smaller things as well. Like because depending on the production it's 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 once you're in production like really in production mm -hmm. um things can get hectic right <laughs> <laughs> and it's not always on a specific team or person to 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 fix something yeah. because they might not be able to figure out what's going on so i mean i remember working on bugs that i'm like this is not really my job but i'm i'm gonna do it because i know how to fix it yeah right um, and that's kind of like, that's also kind of useful as well to, to, to be able to do and to, to know as, uh, cause I'm, I'm part of the tech team. So like I'm, I fall under the umbrella of, of, of tech. So I'm working, I'm working under a technical director right now. Um, and 
yeah so so he's he's overseeing all of this stuff like he's overseeing the technical art team the technical animation team the technical level design team um and you kind of really need to know uh the tech yeah to be able to get the most out of it right so uh, so yeah well what kind of, of of tools in general do you use to create these like the actual programs sure. um so my my main software that I use is, is, is Autodesk Maya. Uh, and within that software, I'm using a lot of different like uh, Ubisoft and, and, and uh, uh, specific tools and some Snowdrop specific tools. Sure. Uh, so one thing that I, I didn't really mention, like I was talking about how, how when we set up a skeleton, uh, we do the weighting and stuff. Uh, and as you said, uh, human characters are quite complex. Uh, there's and like I said, tendons, muscles, and all that stuff. Yeah. So we're using a system called called Reflex for that, which is basically a system of constraints, um, which allows us to uh, create like different relationships between uh, different joints uh, to make sure that we can get them to move in a way that uh, can simulate some things. Like we can simulate muscle deformation but without actually having muscle deformation yeah. because that's super expensive uh, to use, uh, especially like for games. If you have 10 characters with muscle deformation, like actual muscle deformation on the screen, yeah, your, your yeah. game's not going to run that great. <laughs> um, but so so that's one of the, the tools that we use for, for, for that kind of stuff. Um, and it also is integrated in Snowdrop, so it works pretty well. Uh, for us, um, and then there's motion cloth as well, which I'm working quite a lot with right now. Um, and uh, that is, it is basically what the name says it is. It's it's cloth in motion. So it's a physics-based uh, plugin that we use to to simulate cloth, yeah. like flags and 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 uh, uh, like clothing stuff yeah. like that. Um, it's a bit more expensive than some things that we've used in the past, like Vertex shaders. Um, I don't know if 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 you've seen um, or if you've played Modern Warfare, the 2019 game, or Warzone. No. Oh, um, Sorry. Because, no, I kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's fine. Uh, I, I hate it and love it at the same time. Uh, Warzone, <laughs> at least. Um, but they have, um, and I know m my friends were uh, they were raving about this thing when when we first started playing, which is uh, you jump from an airplane and you're standing like at the back of this airplane, and uh, the wind is whipping at your clothing, yeah. um, and you can see like the 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 clothing is like moving, and, and you can you can like feel and see the wind moving the 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 the, the clothes. And that's basically just a vertex shader. Yeah. And they're like, wow, this is so cool. I'm just like, yeah, well, I mean, anyone can do this pretty much. Oh <laughs> it's just a vertex game shader. <laughs> Let this be a lesson again, that game development is to ruin games sometimes. Yeah. So you overanalyze what's going yep. on. Yep. Um, but but yeah, it looks good. So, so, so yeah, it looks, it looks great. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna harp on it. I'm, I'm just like, I, I know how it's done. So it's, it's less magical to me. Yeah. Um, but motion cloth is, is yeah, it, it's physics based, so it's a lot more expensive and, uh, we're trying to use it as sparingly as, as, as possible. Um, and then we have the Snowdrop tech team and um, <laughs> they basically make tools for, for basically any, any studio in Ubisoft that is working with, uh, with Snowdrop. Um, so they're, they're making very like 
generic tools that anyone can use um but they also implement some some stuff that we ask for specifically for for uh any given project right, right. um and then there's also all the all the minor things that i make myself just to speed up the process of of setting up a character um i think uh what was the last thing i did it was like uh i mean it's just a, a joint placement tool like i just get all the so for some context here when you create a character you're creating it with with polygons and each polygon let's say like you yeah i mean a, a polygon is is comprised of different points on a surface and each of those points uh is called a vertex um and that vertex has a number so basically i i wrote a tool that can kind of grab all of the 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 vertex numbers like check all the vertex numbers and then places a joint in on the specific vertex numbers that i wanted to to be on and that helps me set up a, a character because i know exactly where all my joints are supposed to be and then i can i can copy the the skin weighting that i've done on another character over directly but and, the the civil engineering thing came came in handy anyway i mean kind of yeah, yeah 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 look at that um but uh there's more to it you you mentioned autodesk maya yeah uh before of course yes w which is one of those programs that keep popping up for some reason <laughs> <laughs> when you do these kinds of shows yeah um yeah so so it's a it's a 3d authoring software pretty much um yeah. and we use it for um i mean i use it specifically for for uh for rigging and and, and skinning and, and setting up a skeleton and all that stuff um and and because our our tools work in that as well um and i think i i'm not really sure about this but i get the feeling that we're kind of massive uh, i mean as like one of the few studios at ubisoft that actually use maya to the extent that we do right. uh, because there's uh, there are some of the support studios, or not support studios, but other studios in, at Ubisoft that use 3ds Max instead, uh, which is it's kind of the same deal. Um, it's also an Autodesk product, which is kind of like they have two competing <laughs> softwares, I, I guess. Um, uh, but it's just a it's just a preference, right? right. Um, and I think we here at Master prefer prefer Maya yeah. uh, generally. Um, and then there's also all the other. Like, I mean, that's just for us, for my team, because like there's also Blender. I know some of the some of the guys in here use Blender um, and like Moto and Houdini and stuff like that. Um, but generally speaking, I'm using Maya and Motion Builder. Right. Uh, and also Snowdrop, of course, because that's our engine. Yeah. And uh, for all my scripts, I use Python. Yeah. So I, I do like... I, I usually write them in the in the Python or script editor in in Maya um, because easy access and, yeah. and that's where I use them. So, well, that's that's a long list in general. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the stuff that people use and just pull together. We have that yeah. in the Ocean as well. Yeah. Uh, so we do that in that program and then that and that and that. And that. Yeah. I'm just sitting here. God, I can hardly use Photoshop. Um, <laughs> If you're interested, like, as you're noticing, I'm, I'm watching the timer on the mixer and, and <laughs> it feels like we're only scratching the surface. We could go, yes. go on. It's a very deep uh, subject in general from the technical part, of course, to uh, what we talked about at the beginning of creating mm. characters. We're making sure that the characters move in, in um, detailed ways. And I, I, I probably like to keep you here for a long time. 
But um, if the the people that are are listening to this and that they're interested in animation and interested in tech animation is maybe realizing now even that this part of of game development exists in a way. Yeah. Um, because I, in my head, when I, I when you start thinking about these things, kind of mix it up with animation in general. That that that's kind of connected. That there isn't a middleman in the middle that mm. that creates all this really complicated technical stuff to even make their work work. Yeah. Uh, but for the people that 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 becomes interested now, what tips do you have for them? Where where should they start? Where can they go from here? Um, well. I would recommend looking at uh, DDC talks, and I I have a few. Well, I have I have two in particular that I really uh, really enjoy watching, which is um, I think let's see, I have it here on the list. It's um, character rigging and cinematic animation in God of War uh, with Erica Pinto and Axel Grossman. Um, that talk is really really good. Uh, because they go into like detail on on how they create their characters or how they created the characters in God of War, right. uh, and they like they really get into it. Um, so I recommend that one. Um, and then uh, there's also the the talk by Judge Simantov. Um, uh, he he was working on Naughty Dogs: The Last of Us. Uh, it's also really interesting because they're also going into blend shapes and stuff like that, which is something that we haven't touched on right now. But uh, yeah, that one's really cool as well. Uh, and I just generally I'd recommend looking into the DDC YouTube uh, animation playlist yeah. because there's a lot of cool shit in there. Sorry yeah. if I'm. That's it, that's it. I, I think we can say shit. <laughs> yeah, looking at the producer, he's nodding. <laughs> This is a 18 plus <laughs> podcast now. Uh, no, GDC talks is is, is a goldmine of, of stuff in general. Yeah, can, yeah for, sure. Only for sure. Is there anything else you, you think like everyday like topics I should look into? We talked a lot about anatomy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If if you're looking to get into technical animation, I'd say yeah, anatomy is a great place to start, and uh, uh, especially. Uh, uh, one thing that um, uh, I actually didn't bring up before we we did See, this we is, could go on for a long time. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a facial. Uh, f what is it? F it's it's uh, the abbreviation is F A S uh, F A C S, facial action coding system, uh, which is uh, it's it's a system to basically define uh, different movements of the face, um, and it's look into that. That, that that's that's a very good starting point to 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 understand how how facial movement works right um so yeah links and stuff in the show notes as always so if you want to check these things out wow we've been going on as i said we could go on for much longer but i really want to thank you for taking the time to come here and talk mm -hmm. to to us about this it's been really fascinating to find out yeah, thank more you more about your job Thank you. So, thank you. 